Welcome to No Apology with the Bible Idiots. It is Wednesday, which means we're bringing you the long-form teaching. And today, Pastor Chris, his message is entitled, Who Are You? And he's taking us to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. And he's going to take us all the way through chapter 3, verse 3. Now, the Bible identifies different groups of people. And we've heard of, you know, the lost versus the saved. But are there maybe other types or groups of people? And what identifies these different types and groups of people? Well, the answer is the Bible. And so once again, here is Pastor Chris going to the book of 1 Corinthians with his message, Who Are You? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't pick that. (laughs) They surprised me with that this morning. 1983 on the Who Farewell Tour, I had tickets in like the sixth row in St. Paul. And I was not the Christian man that I am today. In fact, every time I go to learn something new, a little man comes out of the back of my brain saying, ah, sorry, this whole wing's closed off. You burned through here during the Who concert in 83. You're lucky to be doing basic math. Next week, it's Who Are We? And I think you got to see a little glimpse of who we're going to be and who we are. But today, I want to ask you, who are you? And it's easy when you hear this message to start slotting different people in your life, but I want you to focus on you. And I want you to see yourself in this. And so I have studied Corinthians, I've studied a bunch of the other books of the Bible, and I've come up with three different people that the scriptures outline. See if you see it with me today. Let's stand to honor God's word as we read our text today, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through chapter 3, verse 3. And I read in Jesus' name. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from the Spirit of God, because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not uh, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready because you are still worldly. For since there is envy and strife among you, you are not worldly. Are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, let these be your words. Speak to your children in Jesus' name. Amen. See, at times, we like to shove people into categories. Economically, people are classified as rich or poor. In social realm, we speak of people as being cultured or uncultured. Academically, we have the educated, we have the intellectual, all the way down the ladder to those who are illiterate. People are always trying to shoo you into a box and classify you. Even the Bible classifies people. 1 Corinthians 10.32 tells us everyone is either a Jew, a Gentile, or part of a church. 
And I'm going to repeat that, 1 Corinthians 10.32. It's kind of just a sidebar, but some of you have said, you speak so fast, I you know, can't write it down. And other, everyone is either saved or they're perishing. And that's 1 Corinthians 1.18, if you want to look up that, 1.18 in 1 Corinthians. But the passage we're in today introduces us to categories in which every person in this room can be classified. When you ask yourself, who are you? Or if you reverse that to yourself and say, who am I? Paul speaks of three, three people. You're either a natural person, you're a spiritual person, or you're a carnal person. Now, this passage breaks down all humanity according to their spiritual response to the things of God. See, every person that's here in this building and watching online, you're going to fall into one of these categories I just mentioned. Either you're a, what's called a natural man, a spiritual man, or a carnal man. And by the way, man is both man and woman. That's the context. And I think it's very important for you to find out for sure which one you are. So as the Lord gives insight today, I want to look into this text with a simple question. Who are you? And so let's examine these three categories and see which group you might fit into. Point number one is a natural person. A natural person. In our text in 1 Corinthians uh, verse 14, chapter 2, it says, but the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit. They don't get it. They don't receive it because it's foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. The natural man is the person who lives naturally. That is, they live their life in the flesh nature always. Simply put, a natural person is a lost person. They may even be a church member. They may, they may be a good moral person, but they're lost. And this passage shows us two truths about a natural person, two things that are absolutely true. First, they do not appreciate the things of God. You can spot it a mile away. They don't appreciate the things of God. The things of God are foolishness to the natural man. Now, the word foolishness gives us an English word which we translate as moron. To the lost person, the things of God and spiritual things are moronic in their mind, in their heart. That's how they vibe with it. That's how they feel with it. Now, don't confuse how we use this word like with the word idiots as in Bible idiots. That's kind of a, Bible idiots is like a head nod towards Paul says, hey, I'll be a fool for Christ. That's what that is. Self-depreciating language to emphasize a point of commitment is vastly different from the word used here, foolishness. No, this is someone who is blocked by their actual moronicness. They have a block. 2 Corinthians, I think, chapter 4 talks about the veil. They're veiled. They can't see it. It's all moronic to them. He or she doesn't understand or appreciate any type of spiritual expression. The only hope is the breakthrough of the Holy Spirit. Nothing I say, nothing I do without the power of the Holy Spirit is going to matter. But I can say the most simple thing, I can say the most poignant thing out of the Scripture, and the Holy Spirit grabs it and can break through. See, when we expose to the things of God or to spiritual expression without the breakthrough of the Holy Spirit, they become very uncomfortable. 
they'll usually respond in one of three ways, a natural person, to the things of God. They'll either drop out, move out, or lash out. Pretty consistent. And that's because of the second thing under this point. They don't apprehend the things of God. They don't apprehend the things of God. That literally means they are not equipped to receive the things of God. They are spiritually dead in their sins because the Holy Spirit is yet to break through, and therefore they simply can't grasp spiritual things. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 kind of put the emphasis on this. They kind of give the exclamation point. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler and the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. Look, if, if I'm carrying a baby in this hand and a baby in this hand and you toss me a softball and it's coming right at me, I can't catch it. It'll hit me, I'll turn away. It, I can't catch it. It's the same thing with the things of God, with the, with the natural person. Common sense tells us that a person who is physically dead can't respond to physical stimulus. If there's a person laying out dead here and I have a candle, I'm not going to ask them to smell it. They can't. I can sit here and eat the best bowl of cereal. They can't. Anything physical, the dead person can't receive. It's the same thing for the spiritually dead. They cannot re respond to any spiritual stimulus that comes from the Holy Spirit. Stuff that we walk in, stuff that we talk in. So just us living out our lives for Christ, trying to, you know, just, we don't have an enthusiasm that we conjure up. We're just naturally enthusiastic. We can't stop talking about it because we were once dead and now we're alive. See, man is a triune being. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 lays it out. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in that natural state of spirit, soul, and body, we have two natures. We have the alive nature in Christ, brought alive by the Spirit, and we have the dead nature caused by sin. The body and soul, primary part, it's kind of working, it's happening, but the spiritual part is either alive in Christ or it's dead. Could you be a natural person today? Let's go on to the next person, the spiritual person, point two. The spiritual person. In verses 15 and 16, it says, the spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The spiritual person is one who lives supernaturally. That is, they live a spiritual life. They experience not life of the old dead nature, but life in the power of the Holy Spirit. The spiritual and every saved person, for that matter, has those two natures, the flesh nature and the spirit nature. And the new spirit nature, we feed it, it grows. God wants us to keep feeding it, and we're going to get to the menu in just a little bit. But if we starve it, the flesh nature will come back. 
But the spiritual is the one who has allowed Christ to rule their life. Jesus is not just present. We didn't add him to us. He's preeminent. Jesus does not reside in the spiritual person's life. Jesus presides over the entire life. That means if you're called to go to Abilene, Kansas, and that makes it obvious that God, what you want, you go there and you're joyful about it and you feel like you're the luckiest person in the world. If you're Kylie and you're called to this church, you come here with everything that you got, and now under the preeminence of Jesus in her life, she wants to serve here at Lifehouse Church. If you're Roxy and you've been praying it through and you know that now's the time where you have to step away from this because God's wanting to use you for his kingdom outside of this, that's what you do. You get it? Well, how can one person be joining and one person be leaving and they're both right? Because it's the preeminence of Jesus Christ in their life. The verses reveal certain characteristics of a spiritual person's life. First characteristic is that they are capable of discernment. They are capable of discernment. There's one thing that is lacking in the visible Christian church. Emily and I, as you know, ran hard for 15 years in what I call the Christian industry. There's a lot of carnal people there. There's a lot of natural people there. And the spiritual people there that grow, that have discernment, you can spot them a mile away. Because it is what Jesus gives us. He gives us this discernment. The word evaluate here is translated judges in the King James Version. What that means is to examine, to discern. The spiritual person is alive in the spirit, equipped by the spirit, and is open to the truth of God. The truth of God that you need to come to Lifehouse Church, create a covenant partnership, and stay here. Or you need to go do something else. I mean... There's some people in this room that God's going to take you to different parts of this country or different parts of this earth for his glory. And you need to go. And you need to have people here that are going to cheer you on. And for Roxy, it's just a different part of the town. And that you, well, that's weird. No, no, that's not. Not if you're a spiritual person. Not if you're hungry for the things of God. See, when you're equipped by the Spirit, you're open to the truth of God. It's not foolishness to you, but it's a fountain of life. And that life is not pigeonholed into what Chris Danielson thinks everything should be, and you can put your own name in there. We delight in the things of God, and we grieve with the things of God. And all of us who serve Jesus have so much joy and grieving almost on a daily basis with what we see around us, in relationships, and in situations, and in circumstances. But we have now received the ability to understand the deep things of God. And I'm here to tell you, don't, for, don't miss this, it has nothing to do upon IQ or academic ability. This is accomplished through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the yielded and surrendered believer. Anyone can be a believer and be a spiritual person and serve the king. One of the best testimonies in all of the Bible, I've said it before, I'll say it again, is in John chapter 9. John chapter 9, I, I, there's, there's no notes. I, I, the next verse coming up is John 16, 13. We'll get to that in a second. But in John chapter 9, 
Jesus heals the blind man. They call him in. Who sinned? You or your parents? And they're, they're laying all this religiosity smack down on him, and he gives the best testimony. He's like, look, once I was blind, now I'm not. Once I was dead in my sins, partying at the Who concert, now I'm not. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. Who does he hear it from? Father and the son, right? He will also declare to you what is to come. There are some simple country folks who know more about God than some preachers with multiple doctrines that I've met. A spiritual person is drawn to the things of God. You're you're just drawn to it. You don't have to be asked to come to church. You don't have to be asked to get on your knees and pray at 10.30 at night before you go to bed or you get woken up at 2 in the morning and your spirit's troubled and you go to God and pray. You just go. It's like a moth being drawn to the flame, the people of God. The Holy Spirit breaks through and changes us regardless of our station or our situation in life. Here at Lifehouse, we have a head start on many other gatherings of worshipers because that we are ready by our brand and our stance as a come as you are, eliminate the status and the pretense of anyone thinking more highly than themselves. It was one of the biggest things that I was attracted to come here because we get rid of that, we got a good, good shot at it. This is an attractive trait of getting into New Testament type authentic disciples. But without the Spirit, hear me, without the Spirit, it is just a trait that can be counterfeited like anything else. And don't forget that. Because spiritual people, the next point, the spiritual people, they are the cause of amazement. They are a cause of amazement. The phrase, yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone, means that the lost and worldly folks around him can't figure him out. He and her and his life and her life are mystery to the natural people around them. They baffle folks. It bothers the person in the world looking at you spiritual man, spiritual woman, and see peace and joy and faith in the midst of trial. There can be standards and convictions, but they live, and when they live them out, they're not obnoxious and overbearing about them. The spiritual person is a consistent source, a constant source of amazement to the natural man and to the carnal man. Are you a spiritual person today? Let's go to point number three, the carnal person, the carnal person. Chapter three, verses one through three say, for my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready because you are still worldly. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? Question mark. See, the third category of our text today is that of a carnal man. This is the kind of person that 
lives their life unnaturally. They live like a, a sensual life. Everything in life is de decided about how it affects them and how they feel. They live according to their flesh. Now keep this in mind. The carnal person is a believer. Paul said so. See, the Corinthians were gifted but carnal. They have that two natures just like the spiritual person, but they're dominated by the old flesh nature. Dominated. Hey, sometimes I fall into carnal stuff, and I got to repent. And a spiritual person recognizes that. And it happens quickly, and they're back into their spiritual walk. The carnal person relishes the flesh walk. And the only thing they can handle spiritually is the lighter stuff. See, the flesh nature rules in the carnal person. This person quenches the influence of the Spirit of God in their life, and often the carnal believer cannot be discerned from the lost sinner. A good example of this is a man by the name of Lot. You may have seen him in Genesis 13 and 19, and you would have concluded that he was a lost man. But when you read 2 Peter 2.7, you discover that he was a righteous but carnal man. Let's check it out, 2 Peter 2, 7 and 8. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversions of the wicked. Do you guys have that one? 2 Peter 2, 7 and 8. There it is. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversion of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from the day to day with their unlawful deeds. You get it? Because of what he allowed his circumstances to be around him, it justified him being vexed with all of those things, being, being absorbed up into it. We live in the same kind of world where it can come and it can create us into carnal Christians. The section tells us, tells us about the carnal man. Carnality in the life of God's children is the reason the church lacks power and influence in the community. Because one of the things the flesh nature does through carnality is it creates fear. I ain't going to say that. I'm I'm afraid. I'm not going to stand up to that. The spiritual people stand joyfully. And even in your walking out of your spiritual life, you can add carnality to it. For example, somebody really feels strongly about this issue. They're convicted. They pray. They start stepping aside from prayer. They start getting into their own mind of what they think God wants them to tell. Pretty soon, they're not following God. Pretty soon, they're standing out here. Pretty soon, they're out on the street with a bullhorn screaming at people, blowing their testimony. That's how I look at it. But yet, we can still stand with the storms that are coming. I want to be with spiritual people. I will take 10, 20 strong spiritual people with the storms that are coming than 100 carnal folks all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Let's hit those three marks of the carnal believer. First, the maturity of the carnal believer. 
the maturity of the carnal believer. Paul says a carnal man is a baby. They started out the right way. They were born again, but they progress no further. Now, babies are cute. They're precious, but they're designed to grow up and become adults. The same is true in the spiritual realm. It's fitting and normal to start out as a baby, and that's why we have a lot of grace for new Christians, but it's tragic to remain one. Some carnal believers suffer from arrested development. They, they don't grow as they should, or they suffer setbacks due to the influence in their lives, like Lot. You get vexed with our culture. You get caught up with our culture. You're not eating solid spiritual food. By the way, how long you've been saved has nothing to do with your level of maturity. I have seen believers who have been saved a short time who just grow. They just grow like, like weeds. They just shoot up in the Lord. At the same token, I've seen others who've been saved a lengthy period of time who've not yet gotten out of the nursery spiritually. They're still crying, griping, whining, calling attentions to themselves. The tragedy of this is that God did not call us to stay as babies, but he called us to grow. Then you get the menu of the carnal believer. The menu of the carnal believer. See, the believer is still on milk. Paul doesn't just say so here. He also says so in Hebrews chapter 5, 12, and 14. See, milk is fine for babies, but as we mature, we're supposed to move beyond the milk of the word into the meatier places of the word of God. That's what we do. That's why we go to Bible studies. That's why you study God on your own. That's why you join a life group. That's why you're here on Sundays. As many Sundays as you can. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. Let's look at it. It says, though, by the time you have ought to be teachers, but yet you still need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Verse 13, now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. Verse 14, but solid food is for the mature and those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. Here's the very reason why people are not growing in the Lord. They don't want to go deeper with the things of Jesus than they already are. Where I'm at is good enough. You ain't going to tell me what to do. It's kind of that. You try to lead them in deeper spiritual things in the book, and you know what happens? They get the spiritual indigestion. They don't want to go there. They want to come to church and then put their mind in neutral and never have to think. In other words, as long as you stay simple and feed them gospel light, they're happy. You know, tell a few stories. Tell about the time you visited so-and-so. Talk about the Lord. Talk about the church. Keep it light. But when you begin to preach, preach the deeper truths of the word that call for commitment, call for a change of life, they get upset stomachs and they start to moan and groan. People aren't going to get out of the nursery until they can dig their teeth into something spiritually deeper in the Word of God. That's a fact. That's the deal. That's the truth. Whether I like it, whether you like it, that's what it is. Last point, the marks of the carnal believer. There are three telltale characteristics of a carnal believer. And if these are evident in your life, then you're carnal and you need to change straight up. If you're a baby spiritually, you need to grow up. There's, a, there's enough mature Christians as covenant partners in this church that will help you. And we won't judge you. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain all three, but I'll tell you what they are. They're selfishness, strife, and splits. Start with selfishness. By nature, babies are selfish. They don't care whether mom and dad are tired. All they care about is themselves in this world. As long as they're the center of attention and their needs are being met, they're fine. But when somebody or something goes wrong in the world, they cry, whine, and complain until they get their way. The same is true in the life of a carnal believer. The focus is always on themselves. How do I process this? How do I feel about this? I don't want to go to that. I might go to that. I won't do this. I will do that. And they process it through a carnal flesh nature. It doesn't matter what's best for the church. It doesn't matter what's best for the neighbor. Love your neighbor. Nah. It's only how it affects them personally. And then when the carnal believer is unhappy, they let everybody know it. How? Well, they act like a big baby calling attention to themselves. Strife is the next one. They want their way. They're prepared to fight for it. They don't care if they have to take it by force. They don't care about discord. They don't care about dissension. Mark it down. Anytime there's big trouble in the church, you have a baby on your hands somewhere in the mix. Someone didn't get their way, and they want everyone to know it. Someone got their feelings hurt, and now someone's got to pay. A strong preacher once said this, I don't care where they are found in the church, you can count on spiritual babies to be at the center of every disturbance. Every single one. With a baby believer, it's always about them. I'm going to use my wife as an example because I think she's one of the strongest, most spiritual believers in the room. But she could fall into that in a situation. Ten minutes after church, one of you guys could be talking to her, and she could all of a sudden become and act like a carnal believer for 10 or 15 minutes. But let me tell you what the difference is. When she would get home, she would recognize it, and she would repent, and she'd probably call that person and talk through with them. Carnal believers don't want nothing like that. When I'm talking about a carnal believer, I'm talking about their carnal first, second, third, and fourth, and maybe a little spiritual. They're believers. They drink the milk, but that's all they can handle. You get me? See, they never see that it might just be them. They're too busy pointing their pudgy little fingers at everybody else, and they don't realize it's them. They might be the problem. They might be easily offended about everything. And you know what? Some of us in the spirit don't care. We care about you, but you're a whiner. They might be the ones that are wrong. Never occurred to them. If you find that you are always offended at someone for what they have said or done, if you are thinking you are always getting the short end of the stick, if you always think that you're right and everyone else is wrong, mark it down. You're a baby and you need to grow up. Now, I just want to remind any babies that might be listening today that if you come to me and tattle on someone else, give me the names, give me the dates, give me the specifics, and I will go talk to that person with some of the leadership, and we will do it specifically and intentionally. Otherwise, don't waste your time coming to me whining, complaining, and gossiping. Splits. Another trace of the carnal believers that they want to bring division everywhere they go. The carnal believer always carries this strife, division spirit with them. They're easily offended, and they always want everybody else to be offended too. As a result, listen to me now, the carnal believer kills everything they touch. 
A carnal believer will kill a Sunday school class, a committee, a worship team, a testimony service. Doesn't matter. And if you are a spiritual person and you act in that carnal way, you'll know you're spiritual because God won't let you rest in it. He'll force you out of that, into the meat of the word. And what does that do? It generates a heart of forgiveness. Hold no record of wrong. Why? Because this is not all there is. All we're doing is being faithful as Jesus is preeminent in our life. And we're going to serve him with everything that we've got, including the natural, including the carnal. Us spiritual people are going to come together and we are going to do our very best, not for us, but for the kingdom of Christ. And in that, if I'm wrong in my wrongy wrongness, I will be the first one to repent as loud as possible. Get it? Romans 6, I'm sorry, Romans 8, 6 through 8 is how we close today. It says, now the mind of the flesh is death. But the mindset on spirit is life and peace. The mindset on flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Everything the flesh touches dies. So where are you today? Who are you? Are you saved? Are you the natural person? Lost? Are you spiritual, growing in the Lord? Are you born again but carnal, haven't really turned the corner yet from from the nursery out into the toddler room? You know, we all struggle from time to time. Write this down, look it up later, Romans 7, 14 through 25. That's Romans 7, 14 through 25. Look what Paul wrote. Now, if you can see your present condition with the fact that you are a lost, natural person, come to Jesus and be saved. And if you can see that you're carnal and you act more like a baby most of the time than you act like Jesus, come and deal with it. The best thing to do is get on your knees and talk to God about opening up that menu for you because that's what you need. And if you're saved and you're spiritual and you know that you have these flesh wobbles now and then, Ask God to continue to strengthen you and let's live this life out arm in arm. The storm is coming. Next week, I'm going to talk about who we are as Lifehouse. See, God wants to mature all of us today, those of us who are saved. If you're lost, you're still dead and none of this applies. Then you need to get right with Jesus. But see, man lives at the foot of the mountain, never sees the view from the top. How about we climb it together? My third message here last August was about the mountain, climbing the mountain. And if you add every one of my messages and they're all on YouTube, you can go back and watch every one. You will see from that time to this, it has been this constant journey of wanting us to be stronger for the times in which we live, for what God's called us to do, which I don't even get my mind around half the time. So I ask you today, who are you? And what does God want to do with you? Let's pray. Lord, we just ask that you would cause the right response in each person today. That we'd use these words for your purposes, for your glory. And everybody says, you speak words like this, you drive out half your church. It ain't my church. It's yours, Lord. Strengthen us for such a time as this. 
Give us spines like steel. Let the Holy Spirit strengthen us in ways we could never conjure up ourselves. We love you and thank you and praise you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to our Sunday message. To donate, request prayer, or to contact Pastor Chris, you can write to Lifehouse Church at P.O. Box 661, Abilene, Kansas, 67410, or go online at lifehouse-church.com. On behalf of the entire congregation, thanks again for your support.